Hello and welcome to Dad Pod. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm uh, I'm Osher Ginsberg, and it's good to be back in the same room. In the same Charlie. room, yeah. Dadding, dadding in the same room. Well, not exactly dadding. Talking about being dads in the same room. Does that count? Is sure. Talking about dadding, dadding. Yeah, let's say. It is, is dadding a word? Well, it is <laughs> We're now. We're off to a bad start. It is now. It's great to be back. I've been I've been away for work, and uh, it's extraordinary to be back and holding the boy again. When I got home, the he boy. Was, he was huge, dude. Yeah. Massive and just doing all kinds well, of stuff. You just showed me like a, a photo of him and he he looks like a proper boy now, mm. not like a baby. He's not an in, doesn't look like an infant. No. He looks like a boy boy. Yeah. His face, is, as his, I guess it's as his skull forms, his, his nose kind of gets more protruding and his, yeah. his brow becomes more defined and he's less kind of like a, a pink blob with eyes. He's just starting to have. And so having that Skype updates, did that prepare you for what you were going to see in, in uh, person? Yes, yes and no. Not right. the weight of him though. Yeah. I think when you hold him in your arms, you go, wow, you are so much bigger than you, wow. than you were. Yeah, it was good. And we moved house, which is... So, yeah, no, not stressful at all. <laughs> like we moved house the day after I got back. And it's bananas. It's utterly, utterly bananas. But it's, it's super fun. And so I, how do you move with a newborn? Is that, is that where grandparents come in? Grandparents gave us enormous amounts of help. They yeah. came up and uh, while I was away, Nana and Papa were in the house packing things and helping Audrey, mm. while Audrey packed things. And then on the day of the move, they were around. But um, this is where... If you're going for a work trip, it pays to go business class because you arrive refreshed and you can yeah. nail the meeting the moment you land. Yeah. We got didn't get two blokes in a truck. We we paid the money for people to come yeah. and pack stuff and yeah. then we paid the money for people to unpack stuff. It was a lot of dough, mate, but yeah, it, it was it. worth every every single cent. Yeah, yeah. We had basically – because on the day you move, you might not get to the new house till like 2 in the afternoon or 3 in the afternoon and then you've only got a few hours of daylight left. The guys have been at your house since 8 that morning and these two ladies showed up and went, right – Baby's room, kitchen, bedrooms. And they just went, and then just unpacked things, put sheets on beds, unpacked the kitchen, like so we could put the kids to bed, make food, and wow. everything else we'll sort out. Right. You know, because otherwise you're like. So was it specifically tailored to a family with a young child? Yeah, absolutely. Right. So yeah. when you make the booking, you're like, this is our deal. Yes, That's absolutely. Great. They said, we know you've got a baby, we've got people that we can send around. And they were like two extra staff who showed up at, That's the, awesome. at the new house and then just went straight for setting up where, you know, get the That's baby great. bath out. It was brilliant. What a great idea. Yeah, it was really – because otherwise you're hunting through boxes looking for stuff. You you know, no one can eat. You've got no beds to lie on. Mm. So they just, they just prioritise that stuff and it's a delicate. We'll just unpack everything else. It's pretty good. It's great to see Iona. She's fantastic. She's huge too. Yeah, man. she's I mean, You're just watching her incrementally so she does it. But I haven't seen no, her No, no, no. Even, even like seeing her every day, like I'm noticing, like even this morning, that's the first thing we both said is like her torso's gotten longer. <laughs> like it's weird. It's like she's grown vertebrae or something. She's definitely <laughs> – <laughs> She's definitely growing longer, and that thing that that thing that babies do, where their faces change, like her face keeps morphing. And last night in profile, because the big question for us is whose nose does she have? <laughs> like we've pretty much determined my hair, Gemma's eyes, uh, my mouth, but the nose is still up for grabs. And I was like, because oh, I've got kind of like a pudgy, squishy little nose, and Gem's got like a lovely, delicate little ski jump nose. And it's like, well, whose is she gonna get? And then. Last night when I was putting her down in profile, I'm like, ah, oh, I can see the little curve starting, the start of a ski jump. And it's yeah. like, ah, oh, she's getting her mother's nose, which to be honest is a relief. <laughs> All right. No one needs this squishy Irish <laughs> potato in the middle of their face. Careful. You're a very handsome man, Charlie Clawson. <laughs> no, come on, man. But yeah, no. So you definitely notice those growth spurts, but the weight is the number one mm. thing. Yeah. Because we try and go for a walk. Well, 
uh, when we record this in Sydney, when when you can walk out yeah. in Sydney without fear of inhaling 200 times the carcinogens that you would uh, normally expect to be in the air, yeah. we try and walk uh, most mornings. And when I put her in the Ergo Baby, the last like week or two, I'm like, Jesus, man, this is, a now, this is now a workout to the point yeah. where this morning when we went for our walk, and this is not because... Osh, I can handle carrying a baby. Yeah. <laughs> but just for the sake of that, I'm a big sweaty dude. And we got all the way down into the beach. And then I said, Jem, you're going to have to take her because I'm going to soak her through because, you know, yeah. she's clung to my chest, which actually got me thinking of a business idea. I don't know if this exists. Hit me. But do they sell for you like your ergo baby or your baby harness, whatever? Does anyone sell like a rubber insert that you can put between your chest and the baby to so, like a soft rubber insert. So you still got the contact of being, you know, next to your child. Yes. But for dudes like me, so I don't sweat through not only my shirt, but then the shirt of my child. Mate, get the phone. Let's get on Alibaba. Let's pitch it. <laughs> we can sell 300,000 babies get born in Australia every year. I'm sure that's 30 million babies get born in China every year. Let's do it. We'll I mean, how many, it depends how many people are worried about sweating on their kid. I Lots. worry about it. Lots. I mean, it can't be good. No. It's just I, I, rashes I, and shit like that, I swear, right? I, I'm, I'm You're sweaty. You're a sweater as well? I'm sweaty. Yeah. I'm sweaty, certainly when he's on Yeah, there. so we've got to like, has to have a name to do with sweating. It's like... Um, <laughs> baby sweat. <laughs> baby, no, baby sweat prevent? No. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's terrible. It's pretty good. Sweat so, sweat blocker. Sweat, sweat. The sweat yeah. shield. Ah, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll work on that. We'll, we'll work <laughs> That's a, it. That's a new episode. We'll get a good, we'll get a good name for it. But from what I gather... Gemma's already gone back to work already, right? Yes. Yeah. And you've been here holding the fort. Yeah. So we, just the nature of our jobs, freelancers essentially. Mm -hmm. And so our plan has always been, well, when one works, the other one will stay home. Mm -hmm. When we're both working, we'll get daycare. But Mm -hmm. we don't have the benefit of of, of grandparents or, or family really who can help out. So this week was my first real go at a full day of child rearing. And I'm happy to say it went really well. Yeah. My sort of concern was... As you know, when you work in entertainment or TV, your mornings start really early. And mm. so Jem was out by 5.30. Because so you've got to be on set by yeah, daybreak. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I had the next feed, which was a bottle feed. And so my concern was, okay, this is the first time, you know, normally it goes boob, boob. And then maybe the earliest you'll get a bottle will be, you know, mid-morning or midday. Mm. Um, but this was like a 6 a.m. bottle feed. Mm. But she took to it really well. And then the next thing I kind of was worried about was Jem is very attuned to – just by the nature of being able to breastfeed, very attuned to this is a hunger cry, this yeah. is a nappy cry, this is, I yeah. just don't, I haven't had those amount of contact hours. Yeah. But I was pretty good at picking it. Like I actually, the one that gets me is the tired cry. Mm. That was the one that got me first. The first day was, I don't understand, like you've fed, I've changed your nappy, you can't seem to get you settled. You don't want to sit up, you don't want to lie down, you don't want to be on me, you're just angry at me all the time. <laughs> And then I realized, oh, tired cry. Mm. Because in my confusion of what to do, I was just pacing around and she zonked out. And mm. I was like, oh, okay. So how did you go with, how did Gemma go with providing you enough milk supply to get through the next day? Because she finished a full day at work. Like, mm. was she expressing at work? Did she come yes, home? she expressed yeah? at work. Yeah. So she just made sure that there was a comfortable place for her to go to express. It was not, well, not without its challenges, mm. especially when you're working on location and, you know, the, the nature of the job. Like you can sometimes yep. be very remote places. Yeah. But we also, 
uh, we just hired a nice roomy car with good air conditioning because it was like if you're going to be in the middle of nowhere, you at least you got that kind of comfort. Yeah, it's just like everything with fatherhood that I'm discovering. It's all about planning and organisation. The thing that I really enjoyed about it though was I actually was capable of, of doing it. You know, like I think there is part of the reason we started this podcast. There is this kind of stigma around being a dad. It's like, oh, I'm useless, so I don't know anything. Oh. Mm. And it's like, well, no. I, I mean, I even and and I did it differently to Jem. Like the way I incorporated her into my day was different to the way Jem does because it just has to be. Mm-hmm. And I just took her out for a couple of walks, and I managed to get a bit of work done. Mm. You know, she doesn't do long sleeps during the day, but you'll try and sew together two half hour. Mm-hmm. So it might be half an hour and then 15, 20 minutes of settling. Mm-hmm. And then if you're lucky, she'll go down for another half hour, but not not always. But being able to pick those gaps to say, okay, get my emailing done. You know, maybe I'll record a, like an ad for one of my podcasts. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll get this stuff done. I'll do a bit of writing. And so spacing that over the day. And then also the other thing that I, I really enjoyed, because I, I never really give myself time to just sit down and, and watch TV. Mm-hmm. I don't really, when Gem and I watch TV, we generally watch it together and it's only at the end of the day once we've had a work day or whatever. But I just gave myself permission in the middle of the day to, you know, watch Watchmen, two episodes of Watchmen back to back. And it was like, this is great. <laughs> I can see the appeal. While baby was asleep or were you just checked? While baby was asleep. Chill on. Yeah, baby, not yeah. a lot of gunshots in that. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some stuff subconsciously I'm like probably doesn't need to be in the room to hear. Yeah, she, she was watching an episode so I think on Netflix. It's called Queen of the South. It's kind of like a version of Narcos but with a, a female right. protagonist and it just murder. <laughs> or every 38 seconds there's another person getting killed yeah. horribly. And the sound of it is like, is this good to go yeah. into my boys? Probably not. I mean, fine, you're 15, you're all right. But shit. Well, I, you do wonder because they have no they have no context for what that sound means, yeah. right? I mean, they don't know what a gunshot sounds like, but I guess it's just distressing in but, some level yeah. just from a sonic yeah. point of view, loud, scary Possibly. sound, I imagine. Possibly. I mean, uh, it is weird because I do also play, you know, I have my you know music playing and, you know, when it's on shuffle and stuff and then you know, Dr. Dre comes on, I'm like... Ah, I don't know. Like, are these lyrics sinking in? Because like, I've got to be careful because pretty soon she's going to be able to actually start remembering words. Mm. So I won't be able to just blast Dre through but the if, speakers. But if, if there's one thing you need to remember, that there is, is always so much drama in the LBC. <laughs> and she should just be aware of that. You know, it's just like a life lesson. Smoke weed every day? Listen, sometimes. <laughs> so, some, some, sometimes. But even with like, it's not even necessarily like questionable lyrics or something like that. It's just like... You know, we talked with Cam Knight a few weeks ago about listening to metal and I'm like, mm. you know, this is, sounds cool to me, but to a baby, is this distressing? Like, is that heavy grinding guitar distressing? If I put on some Nine Inch Nails or something like that. Maybe not Nine Inch Nails, but look, if, if, if the baby's going to learn anything, maybe, is, it, is it smoke weed and, and roll in a 6-4 with a three-wheel <laughs> motion or is it learning how, to, <laughs> learning how to vanquish enemies? I mean, I'd yeah. say probably vanquish, vanquish enemies. enemies. Probably yeah. a more handy life skill. Well, we have. did a big Weezer deep dive oh. the other day because I think I've spoken before on the show. She likes songs that have ooh in them. And I was like, oh, what has better ooh than Buddy Holly? And so we started with Buddy Holly and then we did this like Weezer deep dive and she really kind of responded like Weezer. I've always liked Weezer, but I didn't realize they had the lyrics are very nursery rhyme-esque, not super complex. And the songs are quite melodic and a lot of harmonies and stuff. And she really kind of enjoyed Weezer. Fantastic. 
in the week that's happened since I came back from work, we went down to a wedding in um, beautiful Warburton in Victoria. Oh, yes. And so we went up there for a beautiful wedding between our two friends, Cleo and Jess, and it was just like the gay wedding of the year. It was freaking amazing. The dress code was fabulous, but we had to fly there. Right. right. And it was the first time we took a plane with yeah. the baby. Uh, so G, Audrey and me, uh, which is good because you're sitting three across in a 737. So we were getting on the plane, but we were a little late to get to the gate because you're traveling with children. So we were kind of one of the last- G, people. Audrey and me, a little late getting to the gate. Are you writing lyrics? It sounds like you're writing Weezer lyrics. <laughs> Sorry, it's just true. <laughs> Let me just go to an open A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and we get to the plane and unfortunately we were one of the last people on. We get to the plane and there's three empty seats on the plane. They're ours. And we get there, every single space of overhead compartment is taken. Right. All right. And we've got, we're dragging baby bags and we've got carry-on, we've got baby things. So I had to be the guy who's like, okay, you guys sit down. And I had to walk right to the back of the plane and put our stuff in row 38 or whatever it is. You didn't, uh, you didn't attempt the uh, overhead Tetris? Doesn't, not no, possible. I gave it a look. And I was uh, like, and I, I used to be a roadie. I can pack a van. Yeah. Like, Man, this is not going to fit. <laughs> and I was a bit dirty because there's three empty seats there and the people around us had just shoved their stuff above our... Mm. Like, and so we, when the plane lands, finally we get to the gate. Everyone stands up because they're idiots. Don't your, stand up your, when the plane it's lands. It's a personal bugbear, isn't I it? I really can't you stand just it. Can't stand don't it. It drives you mental. It's stand not up. that big a deal, mate. I've got osteoarthritis in both hips, <laughs> and I stay fucking seated because what's the point? There, there is no point. Is no but point. it shouldn't anger you. This it bothers me so greatly. Matter. Anyway, everyone stands up, and like we just have to wait for everyone to deplane because my bag is fifteen right rows behind us. All right. And we're there with all the baby stuff. All the baby stuff is we found the one baby bag had to go at somebody's feet, but everything else had to go because it was all too big, right? And then this couple from the row in front of us to the left stand up, walk back, and they go into the bin above us. Oh, boy. They pull out. Between the two of them, they pull out four bags. One thing. Okay, that's one thing. Two things. And I see them pull out something else. And they were a traveling crew. They were a, a shooter sound crew. So they've put their camera up there, two ah. Pelican cases, two booms. And me and Audrey were like, it's not worth it. It's not <laughs> worth saying anything. It's just not, not fucking worth it, man. But I watched not them just- Not at that point. Right up. And where- Didn't we give them the not stairs? Glad. We gave them the stairs like, are you fucking kidding me? You put four <laughs> things above- And they pulled something else out the front from above their seats too. It's like, you put four things above us. And we had to put half the baby shit at the back of the plane. Why didn't they check- I don't know. I know. But I'm like, who brings four pieces of carry-on on the plane? But pelican cases are made to be thrown about. Like, you should check them. That's the whole point. Dude, I know. Anyway. I was like... <laughs> I don't need to sell this to you. I really wanted to be like... Oh, boy. You may want to consider others when you do such a thing, particularly. Uh, like, you don't know who's going to sit in those chairs. That's and annoying. You, you know, it was so annoying. But it was... But Audrey and I were just looking at each other going, should we? Uh, it's not worth it. It won't make any difference nah. to them or to us. It'll just embarrass Georgia if we say something. Yeah. <laughs> don't say a word. Just write a harshly worded letter to your local paper. Oh, no, no. I was like... Buckets and bouquets. I am going to tell Charlie about this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, podcast slash therapy so session. I would say to you, yeah. that is the very, very last time when we're traveling with baby that we get to the gate late. Yeah, right. If there's any reason to get to the gate early That's when you're traveling point. with baby, is so your baby bag can be near you. This is great to know. So get 
when they say parents with young children, you want to get on there first because you want to make sure that bag and is I think above your chair. This time of the year too, because I flew to Melbourne last week as well, and I luckily didn't have any luggage to take with me, but it was exactly the same jam pack because I think everyone's taking presents and yeah, yeah. extra bags and people are going on holiday. And, and yeah. so you're right. That's good advice. Get yeah. there early. Get there early. Get, get there early. All right. Um, should we take a call? Absolutely. I believe, Charlie, this week's special super dad guest is... Uh, Dr. Doctor himself. Roger Corsa. That's it. <laughs> Mate. Roger Corsa. It's Charlie and Osha here from Dad Pod. How are you? Very good. I'm just in the car. Oh, good. Is now okay? Can you give me two minutes? Yeah, yeah sure, man. No problem. Just uh, fine beer. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Critical. I'll call you back in a couple yeah. of minutes. Okay, call you All back right. in a second. Okay. Bye. Hi, I got you. Hi, mate. Roger Corsa, Charlie and I are from Dad Pod on take two of our phone call. I always did a couple of takes. You know that about me. <laughs> We're just taking bets. Was it a young Henry's or have you gone for a few Milton Mangoes? I'm going to say Cooper's. Yeah. Well, they're actually for a couple of guys that are helping me out in the backyard. Uh, young lads from the mother country, of course, all landscape of the backpackers. So it's just a little bit, a little couple of cans of beer as a Christmas present. That was all. Mate, it's a, it's Australian currency, a couple it's, of slabs. Roger, we were, we were chatting earlier about looking after infants and, and babies. We, you know, obviously we... We're new to this game. You might not we're, know this. We're new, we're new to this game, but we do have a commonality in that we, we work in the uh, an industry of, shall we say, seasonal employment. So mm-hmm. um, at the moment, Gemma's got a job because the job showed up and Charlie's looking after baby. Do you recall the first time you were home alone with baby? Yeah, my eldest, because uh, I've, I've been dead a couple of times around. So the first time around uh, with Zippy, who's now 17, Christine, my ex-partner, she she got a theater show. Like I felt like it was in like weeks after giving birth, and very smartly went and took that. <laughs> and <laughs> me with the bub, and I went on the road. And you know, she would express uh, and have all the bottles sort of in the fridge. And so it wasn't me twenty four seven, but it was pretty much kind of like seven thirty in the morning because she was rehearsing and then doing check runs and everything. And then until kind of post show. 10.30, 11 o'clock at night. So pretty much the bulk of the day, which is daunting. But I, I think with your, with your first, it's scary, but I, it's, it's almost like I was so naive to it. Maybe I did realise, you know, all the kind of hidden little dangers. And when I when, when I talk about my day when I got home, she was like, oh, my God, you didn't do that. Or you didn't do this. Or you did what? You left, you know, the baby's one week old. You don't take her out yet, you know. Sort of like, oh, you know, out the baby beyond one week old down the shops and look at my baby quite proud and she's like, you know, we I like to get the baby in for three or four weeks or, you know, five weeks at least. So yeah, I was kind of winging it and, and um you know, you sort of just muddle through. I do find that, I mean, what I've found in, because this is just early days for me, like I haven't had too much time of being the full-time carer at home, but what I do find is you get very good at picking, like when you have a narrow window of that 20 minute nap or whatever, getting so much shit done. Like my efficiency has gone through the roof, making mm. calls, making something to eat, maybe jumping in the shower, whatever you need to do. Like it happens so quick now. Absolutely. And I think now that I'm actually quite a little better than Renee, who I've had three, three children with, I'm like, I feel like I kind of just do the important stuff and, and do it quickly and get it done, efficiency. 
so do sort of want to sort of quick get into the shops, get him in, get him out, and get get the task done. That's very dad too, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She would argue that I sort of missed about. 40% of the important shit, <laughs> but I kind of got the main thing, you know. I got the milk and bread, you know, yeah. sort of thing, and, and, and the baby's still alive, so yeah. it's me. <laughs> o- off, often, I will use Roger, I will use that, is he, is he still breathing? Yeah, great. Is, is he, is he, yeah. is he, is he any wounds on him? No, great. No. Um, I'm in the clear. <laughs> no, therefore, I'm a good dad. It's yeah. pretty much, is, it, is the baby still living, no bruises, no blood, no cuts? still conscious, I'm a good dad. Yeah, but I do wonder, like, because uh, obviously, like, there is a different biological connection happening with the mum going on because the for Jem, like, I see it's like it, it almost physically pains her to leave Iona for the day. Like, when she has to go out and leave her, like, there it's, it's, it's a much more of a big deal for her to get out of the house. Yep. And so I think... The reason why it's just a different chemical reaction that's going on because you know you know we'll come back we just came back from the doctor today for a routine checkup and Jen was like hovering and I'm like I think she's fine like I think she's fine there's nothing going on but it is just a different thing that's going on chemically for them and it's interesting when they when it all becomes a bit too much and like oh my god I wish we could have a break you know mm. um, and so whoever's in your support network whether it's grandparents or, or a friend or, or, or a nanny or whatever you've got. And they come and look after the baby, and you go for that first kind of mum and dad kind of date. No kids. The only thing you do is talk about the child. <laughs> and then I find that the mum just like, can you text me a photo? <laughs> and I'm like, we have a two hour window to have dinner. We'll be back there, you know, before you know it. And, and she's sort of fretting. That's you know, where I'm like, no, I'm quite happy to have the two hours of dinner and not talk about the time. Yeah. It's also the time of year when people travel, Roger. What are your thoughts on on plane rides? Well, you did a big trip to Disneyland this year, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, I was already over there um, trying my luck pilot season in LA, you see. So I'd already had a little Smart. three weeks over Get ahead there. of it. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then Renee came over with four kids. So, so Zip, my eldest, she came over as well. With the three little ones. So when they had three on plane, but, but Zip's 17, so she can, you know, old enough to help out. But um, so I sort of dodged that. that. But on the way back, yes, the longest was we went via Hawaii. So the Hawaii to um, Sydney was a, definitely a stretch having to entertain them. But um, I remember when they're kind of the age that your kids are, the small one, I remember May was very much about <laughs> starving the kids before they got on the plane. Yeah. It's kind of, she's like, do not give them anything at the airport. And if they're really young, like don't breastfeeding, like do not give them a bottle or I'm not going to, you know, put, put it on the boob or whatever until we're on that plane. And as soon as they start to sort of niggle a bit, bang, bottle, boob, whatever it is, food, oh, in now. That's smart. And then, and then it sort of settles and a lot of them they go to sleep yeah. after that kind of feed. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of the time we're only doing this the short flights were kind of Melbourne, Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne, or, or Sydney, Brisbane, kind of. So it's it's pretty easy to coordinate that kind of hour in the air. The longer haul stuff, though, I mean, you just see those dads on the long haul flights, just you know, when they've turned all the lights out and they're just up and down the aisle mm. with the with the baby, just patting, and the, the, the look on their eyes, and you sort of give them a nod, like, 
yeah, mate, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> I live for the nod. When I get the nod from other guys on the street, particularly dads who've got kids who are like six or seven or so, yeah. because it's very fresh in their minds to them, they give me the nod and I'm like, oh, yeah, I just don't, I feel less alone. Well, how about, it's not just the nod from, nod from the dads. What about when you walk past a group of women with a baby and they all melt and you're like, well, God damn it. This is, <laughs> what kind of Faustian deal is this? Like, the only reason I'm getting this attention is because I have a child with another woman. <laughs> yeah. That's why my brother keeps wanting to borrow the child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, mate, I'll go. I'll take with the park. It's fine. Oh, that's fantastic, mate. It's been great to talk to you. Thank you so much for sharing your insights there, Roger. Really appreciate it, man. Pleasure. Go well, guys. Now, if you do have any uh, questions or advice for us here, you can always email us, askdadpod at gmail.com. I will go for a question first and then some advice, Charlie. This is, I won't say the bloke's name and okay. you'll, you'll understand why. Right. Loving the podcast, guys, very timely too. My wife and I are due December 20. Question for Rosha. How have you managed your recovery with Wolfgang? By recovery, he means being sober and not drinking and using drugs. Right, okay. I'm two years into recovery after many years of abuse, substance abuse. My wife has played a big role in saving my life, as did my wife, Audrey. She supports my recovery and me being a dad. I'm so grateful I'm in recovery as we are having our child, but recovery requires commitment. Recovery requires time for things like meetings, step works, and service. Mm. Osha, how did you plan to manage recovery with Wolfgang and is it working? So yeah, this is a, a very good question. Um, it can be very stressful and your brain will maybe maybe pop up some of the old old loops, the old ways of dealing with things. It might not be using alcohol, but it might be you know other things. And just be sure that you communicate with your wife uh, that to maintain being there for her and for baby that you do need to do this kind of stuff. And she will know, she will know that you need to do these things and she'll know who you are if you don't go to meetings and she'll know who you are when you do go. Because uh, you don't know this, Charlie, but if I haven't been to a meeting, I'm, it's like how you feel after you go to the gym. Right. You know, I'm sure Gemma's always happier with you after you've come back from the gym. You're like, oh yeah, good. yeah, yeah. there you are. Yeah. <laughs> the kind of slightly edgy Charlie is gone, gone. Yeah. And, and happy, good to be here, Charlie is back. And similarly, if I haven't been to a meeting for a while, you know, she knows that you're better around meetings. The good thing about, you know, when baby comes, mate, is that there's routine. And so you can work routine into your recovery and making sure that if it's your turn to feed, you know, then you can do your step work or you can call people who you need to call or or whatever, you know, during that time and, and just making sure that that's a part of it. But, but be aware that if you don't have that foundation, that resilience there, that you won't be able to be there for wife and baby. And your wife sounds like she'll definitely understand this. So don't worry. You know, it's no more than making sure you make time to go to the gym or make sure you make time to buy good food. This is a part of what you need to do as someone in recovery and to make sure that you're there for them and for yourself, that it's a part of it. And you can incorporate baby into that. I can't tell you how many meetings I've been to with babies, babies lying around. It's totally fine. Everyone's into it. It's great. And, um, you know, I, you know, good luck with it, man. Good but, advice. Yeah, you're not, you're not alone there. And this one is a, a bit of advice here from Jane. Okay. Because uh, she was talking to us about feeding overnight. Oh, yeah, uh, good. In a, in a previous episode. Listening to talk about feeding overnight and sleeplessness that goes with it, I've got a tip okay. that worked for me to reduce the number of feeds and the duration of overnight interruptions from baby. We're all ears. Yeah. I made a rule that overnight feeds were, quotes, business only. What that means, minimal eye contact, no chat, no cuddles, oh. basically no attention, and then straight back to bed. Okay. I found that no playtime meant more sleep for me and the baby. They soon get the idea that they won't get anything but food, so they don't stay awake as long. It also helps them start to learn the difference between day and night, 
and you want that to happen as quickly as possible. Congratulations on putting this out there for dads. Would have loved more of that when my kids were small. Oh, Aww, thanks, that's Jane. Awesome. That's a really good piece of advice. I think we've done that naturally anyway. It is business only, mainly yeah. because Gemma and I are just like such terrible, like <laughs> wake up early people. That <laughs> we'd have no energy for affection or playtime. It's just straight to business. Yeah, every really? time. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I've I've known that if I. Because he's so fucking cute, man. Yeah, they he, are. He gives me his little smile. I'm so tight. <laughs> I know. But he gives me his little smile <laughs> and I'm like, eh. But I totally understand that if you're not going to, yeah. if they learn that they're not going to get anything back, then they'll just eat and then, you know, bit of burp and, yeah. and straight to bed. That's really good advice. Great advice. It's that pod, that pod. Osh, I thought for this week's induction into the Dad Hall of Fame, yes. we would head down... I wouldn't say a religious route, but a more Christmassy route. Yeah. By talking about perhaps one of the best fathers of all time, uh-huh. Joseph. <laughs> or, I mean, I should address him by his full title, St. Joseph. Uh, best stepdad ever. Patron saint of fathers. Patron saint of stepfathers because it's not his own son. Raised him if it was his own. Exactly. I mean, he did not know, because I did a bit of research on this. I was raised Catholic, but I didn't know a lot about this. I did and you, a dead you, didn't you study theology for some period of time? Uh, no. I mean, you know, at high school, does that count? I yeah, think it was sure. Just, it, was what, it was just a, an elective that I did, so yeah. I didn't have to do But maths. you were going to do some sort of missionary action, weren't I did, you? I, worked in, I did missionary work. I did. I went yeah. and worked in missions in India. Yeah. So <laughs> as far as Joseph goes, you're- yeah, I'm an expert. Expert. I, you're I, more I, an expert. I went to a school called St. Joseph's, but you probably know more about him than I. Well, only because I just did a quick uh, Wikipedia before Smashing. we jumped on air. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently he didn't know uh, who knocked up Mary when uh, she was pregnant. Like he didn't know straight away because God hadn't, you know, owned up to it yet. But rather than freak out, this is at a time where adultery yeah. would result in like a stoning. stoning. Yeah. Death, yeah. yeah. But so his plan was like, okay, I don't want you to be shamed for this. I don't want yeah. you to be – so we're just going to make plans to get you out of town Yeah, because I don't want you to, to be humiliated by this. So, hey, he, good move. Here's, like, a, here's a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Let's head to Bethlehem. No, that was this was before donkey. This really? Was, this is before he knew what was going on. He In was just like, I, I'm just going to take care of you, Mary, like because this is not a good time to wow. be a woman who's uh, having a baby out of wedlock, so I'm going to mm-hmm. get you out of town, right? Then he was visited by an angel mm-hmm. <laughs> who said – Buddy, I've got a story for you. Yeah. <laughs> Your wife is carrying the Messiah, the uh. son of God. And you know what he did? He was like, all right, cool. I can roll with that. I mean, I guess if you find out that your partner's having a child that's not yours, yes. probably the only thing that makes it better is finding out that that child is the son of God, right? It really is a testament, <laughs> though. Literally, a good pun. <laughs> <laughs> it's a testament to his love for Mary. He's like... I love you so much. I know that you'll be stoned to death and shamed if people find out that this baby's not mine. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure you're okay. And I don't really mind whose it is. Oh, it's God's? It's God's. Oh. Oh, wow. All right. Lucky I did that whole thing about looking after you. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk uh, alimony. (laughs) Do I get a percentage? I mean, I I think at some point though, right? Like when you find out that God is the guy, I mean, don't you say, well, God, cool. I get it. Mm. Uh, It's a little, uh, let me wet my beak a little, like. Am I going to get some kind of child support in this uh, adventure? Audrey and I often joke that her other husband is The Rock or Jason Momoa Momoa. or Idris Elba. Oh, right. There's a third There's a third, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Which was awesome because then when we saw Fast and Furious, she was able to see two of them in one film, which was pretty good. So, you know, I think to myself, if, for example, Idris was in town or The Rock was in town and I found out, like, (laughs) yeah, okay, I would be be happy to raise The Rock's That's the whole pass. 
Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd raise the Rock's child. Okay, but would you ask the Rock for child support? Is what I'm asking. He can afford it. He can. At least free workouts. At least, just an app. Just give me access to your app. <laughs> just your Hemsworthy and app. That'd be great. So Joseph was a carpenter. So he was a blue collar guy. He, he was. was a worker. He's taught his son a trade. Good fathering Good there. Good fathering. Now I love it. And he wasn't really a. I mean, according to the Bible, he's not mentioned when Jesus hits his straps at thirty because you know there's a big gap between Jesus yeah. as a baby. Just and don't then talk about. We don't talk about that I middle think period. He should, was it baby, and then there was the thirteen questioning the Pharisees, and then thirty, and, and then thirty. So it's about a, seventeen unaccounted years. Yeah. And so the assumption is that Joseph died in those intervening years. Mm-hmm. So he never got to really reap the reward of his son's celebrity. Yeah. Never got to have any water turned into wine, any mm. of that kind of good stuff. Got a bit of gout. Can you sort me out, JC? <laughs> nah. Sorry. Uh, but he uh, stepped up when he had to, yeah. you would say. Raised Jesus as his own. As, as a man who's, you know, been, you know, neck deep in this kind of thing, do you think it would be out of expectation to think that him and Mary had other kids? Uh, I think they would have. So that there are Jesus' brothers and sisters, they, potentially? Uh, yeah. I mean, isn't that the – that's what's kind of alluded in The Last Temptation of Christ, that Martin Scorsese film, the guy who hates the Marvel movies. <laughs> but apparently, yeah, I think Jesus – I think it is assumed that Jesus had brothers and sisters. But cool. whether or not they're – oh, they would be blood because at least half of them would be Mary. Half of them, yeah. Yeah, half yeah. brothers and sisters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. out there. The last Zion exists. <laughs> <laughs> Joseph, Dad Pod salutes you. <laughs> Excellent episode of Dad Pod today, Charlie. That's our first Christmas with the babies. Have a safe summer. Just stay safe. And as we always say, go to bed. Go to bed.